We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to the Esports Biz Show. I'm your host, Justin Jacobson. This week we'll be discussing esports marketing. Just as a disclaimer, nothing here is intended as legal advice. It's all information for educational purposes only. This week's guest is Chris Mann. Chris is a Senior Vice President at Revolution, where he leads the agency's gaming and esports group, RevXP. Previously, Chris was VIP of Partnerships at esports organization Digitas, a Senior Director at Endeavor Global Marketing, focused on esports marketing, as well as worked at sports marketing consulting agency, Genesco Sports Enterprises. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Justin. Good to connect with you. My pleasure. So, you know, start. Tell us a little about your past esports and gaming experience. You know, what was the first game you played and how did you get involved in the esports business? Well, uh, it's funny. I mean, when I talk about first game I played, definitely um, goes a little bit back. I'm, you know, given uh, given I'm 42, you know, I remember, um, you know, Christmas 86, like many kids getting a, an NES system and playing Mario. Uh, but I've always been, you know, uh, a fan and, and, and an avid gamer um, growing up playing games, uh, continuing that throughout teenage years, college, and even into adulthood, uh, probably playing a little bit too many games. I would say my favorite franchise of all time uh, has definitely been the Borderlands franchise. I've been enjoying a lot of the, uh, a lot of new games, including the Tiny Tina Wonderlands. But, um, you know, my start within the, uh, the industry and the business side of gaming and esports uh, happened around 2016. You know, I was coming off a decade working on Campbell's Chunky Soup's NFL partnership during my time at Genesco Sports and was really just looking for something new and innovative and an opportunity to think bigger and outside the box and maybe things that, you know, working on a specific business for a decade within an ecosystem uh, that necessarily isn't known for innovative opportunities, uh, you know, around the NFL, um, you know, I got approached by WME IMG at the time, you know, now Endeavor Global Marketing, and uh, they had just won some business to lead T-Mobile's uh, gaming and esports, um, you know, account. And, you know, I jumped at that opportunity. And, you know, since then, since you know, 2016, I've been in the space and I've worked on a ton of different brands, a ton of different roles. You know, I've been on the agency side, you know, working with brands like T-Mobile. I've been on the team side, like leading partnerships uh, with teams like Dignitas, you know, where we did Verizon's first deal in the space or a lot of first of their kind deals. Uh, when I was over at Dig, led the rebrand with John Spire while I was there, you know, working with Michael Prindeville and, and just kind of really bringing Dig back to prominence, getting back into LCS. You know, and then getting back over on the agency side two years ago, um, had a great opportunity to join Revolution, lead RevXP, bring all those learnings from, uh, you know, from working with, you know, on the traditional sports side, the team side here in gaming, and, you know, lead that, you know, lead and grow our RevXP division, uh, which is, you know, a primary client, Chipotle. We have some other clients as well that we work with. And, you know, it's been a, it's been a great opportunity and really excited to be back on the agency side working on behalf of brands again. Amazing. So definitely, you know, a lot there. So we're going to tease out some of it. So tell us a little about your time working with Dignitas. You know, what will you do and what were some of your responsibilities? Yeah, absolutely. So when I joined Dignitas, uh, it was a really busy time for the org, a really exciting time for Dignitas. You know, obviously everyone knows in 2016, they had lost their LCS franchise. You know, when I joined at a really an, an amazing opportunity, uh, Michael and the uh, the team at HBSC, Harris Blitzer Sports Entertainment, obviously own Dignitas also. Uh, you know, own the New Jersey Devils and Philadelphia 76ers had made an investment to bring Dig back and had recently merged with Clutch Gaming and the Houston Rockets uh, for Dig to secure, you know, an LCS spot, you know, starting in 2020. And it was really, it was really amazing. You know, my role was, 
you know, bring in partners, monetize the team. And at the time when I started, Dig was really known as a Rocket League, you know, kind of Auric had some success, but on the EU side of things um, and, you know, had a fantastic all women's world championship CSGO team. Um, Shout out to Shriana and Emily, our friends over at Ford. Absolutely. They are amazing. Um, And Heather as well. Sapphire. Great. You know, great. I just had her do something internally for our, our team at Revolution, you know, and talk about Radiant and the platform that she's created there. You know, but my role was to monetize the team. And I think, you know, a lot of folks in the industry, uh, there are a lot of esports teams and they're all selling the same, pretty much the same thing, right? And, you know, if you're not 100 Thieves or FaZe Clan, you know, or some of these other teams that have massive scale, then, you know, how do you differentiate yourself? And we were really trying to figure out how we're going to differentiate ourselves. So what was our value proposition? Why should brands want to partner with us at Dignitas? And that story really wasn't there at the time. And, you know, Michael and I worked really hard on kind of figuring that out, leveraging a lot of relationships and, and, and I had. And at the same time, right before I joined, you know, Michael uh, was able to, you know, do the merger with Clutch Gaming to get Dig back in the LCS. And it was crazy because at that same time, Clutch was, I think, last in the summer split. And they made this incredible run, ended up going to Worlds, getting out of like, you know, the preliminary stages, going to group stage. Didn't, unfortunately, you know, they, they were in this... Uh, the, the group of death, I believe it was called that year um, at Worlds uh, over in Berlin. But, you know, it was an incredible opportunity. It was a good time to be back at Dig, getting back in the LCS, seeing that run at Worlds. You know, we had a great story and we were able to parlay, you know, parlay that into, you know, working with Verizon on their first partnership in, in esports and building that amazing facility uh, that's out in LA that Dignitas, you know, calls home still. And, you know, we were able to, you know, use that as a, as a springboard for deals with Nick's Cosmetics, you know, uh, you know, obviously their first deal in the space really focused on, you know, engaging women, Susquehanna International, Voodoo Ranger, you know, Craft Beer um, that does an amazing job engaging gaming and esports community, uh, as well as a host of other fun deals. We did something with Manscaped with Hugs. And so just really trying to figure out how Dignitas as an org within this space that's very saturated with teams stands out. And I think we did an incredible job. You know, um, Michael let me bring in John Spire, uh, who was at the time was at Optic and the Outlaws. John and I worked really, really hard, you know, bringing in more further brands like Razor Respawn. John's crushed it since I left. We worked on the rebrand from the Owl back to Digi in, in a much more uh, updated form, which the uh, community loved and held one of the best, if not the best, uh, rebrand. And so, you know, when you're on the team side, your role may be focused on partnerships, but you're doing a lot of other stuff. Um, and, you know, Dignitas really gave me the opportunity to do that and, and do it well and, and support us in, in a big way. Amazing. So you kind of mentioned, you know, working with some LCS teams. So is there anything different when you're working on behalf of a, you know, a franchise team as opposed to just working with the general org? Not, you know, I think with the franchise teams, Yes and, and, and no. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I think, and I have a lot of these conversations because obviously in my new role, teams are always trying to reach out to us and, and sell us on something and, or, you know, sell us on partnering with the team. And I, no, to answer your question, no, because I think that the biggest value that I see as an esports team brings to a brand, whether you're in a franchise org or you're not, is that esports teams are media companies and every team, every creator that team employs, every pro that that team employs, every game that that team plays in is their own diverse communities. And partnering with teams gives brands the opportunity to engage with those diverse communities. Now, it it all depends on the brand's goals and objectives. They, you know, some teams have 30 plus games, some teams have one or two games and they focus on the franchise org. So I think it really, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Of course, the stability for the org being in the LCS is fantastic. And given the scale of the LCS and League of Legends is always a big selling point, you know, I think with brands to tap into that, you know, but I think that the value proposition of the team has certainly helped on, you know, with being in those leagues, especially like in LCS, but the way you sell it, you know, and how you position it only slightly differs uh, because you still got to figure out that story and that value proposition to cut through the clutter of that saturated market, whether it be a franchise league or, you know, in general. Um, you know, a team that's not in one of those franchise leagues. Are there any like restrictions or limitations on, you know, how you can operate in there or the brands? You sure. Can sure. Oh yeah. I mean, absolutely. Like when I, you know, I remember, you know, Overwatch league specifically and call of duty league, like, you know, the league controls certain brand categories that the teams are not able to monetize. And that obviously is really challenging. And of course, LCS, you know, has certain categories. League of Legends has certain categories that they don't want teams selling and they've, they've been getting better about it, you know, and, 
you know, maybe the league will test a Bud Light deal one year and then they'll open it up for teams, you know, such as they did in, in LCS. You know, Bud Light was the league partner and then, you know, teams like Dignitas were able to go out and get Voodoo Ranger. Uh, you know, so I think that you've seen you know, you've seen the, the leagues and rightfully so be um, a little bit sensitive to certain categories, but at the same time, you know, potentially restricting teams and categories that the league may be able to sell, but the teams can, it certainly needs to be taken into account in how you monetize your business with some of those categories are some of the ones that you're going to, you know, are going to drive the most value for, for the team. Absolutely. I think that's one of the, you know, the biggest, you know, aspects of it coming from a marketing angle is what avenues they're using and can you use the same sponsors? Your sponsor conflict with it. If you have to, you know, remove your sponsor from the jersey when you're competing in their league, you know, these are things that I think people don't realize but are definitely considerations. Well, absolutely. I mean, look at the FTX TSM situation. You know, TSM FTX gets announced, but all of us in the industry knew that TSM FTX could not be the name in LCS until there was a deal with LCS, you know, and then look, FTX had to go and do that deal, right? In order to unlock that opportunity, you know, look at a potential fanatic crypto.com deal in EU. And, you know, I would, you know, I, I would say many could, you know, many probably know this, that fanatics value comes around their LEC, you know, inclusion yet that partnership isn't really being able to be activated you know, on the LEC jersey or that front, you know, using League of Legends because that category is restricted. So I think a lot of times brands, uh, you know, may get themselves into a little bit of trouble if they don't understand the space and what is offered and the opportunities and they're partnering and not maybe not not asking the right questions. I also think it falls back on the team side, the partner side to explain the opportunity, you know, and sometimes that's not done and it's unfortunate. And that's where agencies and people like myself come in because we're able to really help brands understand the space, unlock the value because there's incredible value in the space, whether it be through teams, creators, leagues, you know, work with publishers, but understand what they're really getting and understand how to negotiate that and unlock the value and ask the right questions that they may not know. Well, that's actually the perfect segue to our next set of questions. So, you know, tell us about your current role at Revolution heading up their EV and XP group. You know, what's your day-to-day yes, like and what are some of that you're working on? Yeah, so RevXP's, you know, the division of, of Revolution primarily folk is, is 100% focused on gaming. You know, I say gaming, you know, a lot of people say gaming and esports, you know, at before we even start when we talk to brands, we're like, you need a gaming strategy. Here are all the deals we've done in a wide range of categories. Brands need a gaming strategy. That strategy may or may not include esports. It may or may not include the metaverse. It may or may not include platforms such as Web3. But in the beginning, you need a gaming strategy. And whether you're going to you know, be in esports, the metaverse, Web3, whatever that is, depends on your goals and objectives as a brand. You know, I think that's really important to start with. And so, you know, we've had conversations with brands and it's like, do you know the difference between gaming and esports? Do you know, you know, what, you know, what are your goals in engaging this, you know, this, you know, this very passionate and engaged demographic? Uh, so I think that starts there. So my role is to help our clients such as Chipotle and others, uh, whether in their in gaming or in not in gaming, to help them navigate and unlock the potential with this space, creating their strategy you know, understanding the strategy, identifying opportunities, negotiating deals, you know, creating platforms and events like the Chipotle Challenger Series, elevating that platform to what it is now. You know, we're currently hosting the latest Chipotle Challenger Series with Apex Legends, and we've got people like Nick Merckx trying to qualify, you know, and, and that's how big of an event that's become in the community, you know, launching into the metaverse. So, you know, my role, you know, all-encompassing, leading our clients into gaming, and where that is in gaming depends on their goals and objectives. I mean, I think that's a great point where it's like, you know, gaming, video game, the whole, that whole culture is a huge market. And then esports is kind of this subject, the competitive, this highly engaged fan that loves games. And it's just like, those are huge different markets. And, you know, as brand, you're like, oh, esports, gaming, like Fortnite, you hear all these buzzwords, but you have to understand, as you mentioned, what you're actually trying to do and what your goal is. Are you trying to get to this super hyper fan or are you trying to get to just people that this is part of their interests exactly demographics differ slightly between uh gaming and any sports and you know i think how we talk about gaming is you know very broad you know but i think at the end of the day gaming is driving culture 
Uh, and, and that is very true. Gaming is a main passion point for 18 to 34 year olds right now. TV consumption is down. Gaming is up over the last decade as a, as a main passion point. And so, you know, that's why, you know, this is becoming really interesting for brands as they look to this space, you know, we see people cutting the cord, you know, that's a big buzzword right now. People are, you know, youth are cutting the cord. How are we supposed to reach them? You know, and the way I always talk about gaming is, is a culturally driving force. And it's a way to reach a current and future consumer and to create that brand affinity and to engage them in something they're extremely passionate about. But you have to do it in a way that adds value to their experience and, you know, with really thoughtful partnerships because everyone likes to throw out this word and we see it less and less nowadays, thank God. But, you know, I remember when I first came in the space, it was like, you got to be authentic. You got to be authentic. And I came from the NFL. (laughs) Yeah. And I came from the NFL space, right? And it's like, listen, you got to be authentic in anything you do, whether you're working within the NFL, Major League Baseball and in gaming, you know, and and in esports. And so, being authentic is something as a marketer you should always strive to do and and adding value is something you should always strive to do in a partnership whether it be in this space or in any other space and i think the way that we're able to craft really creative opportunities within gaming whether it's through teams or platforms or properties or publishers and creators I mean, there's just limitless opportunity if you really know how to navigate this space that don't exist in other spaces. And that conversation within the space is two-way as opposed to, you know, traditional sports entertainment. You know, you're never going to have a conversation with Ryan Reynolds, you know, but you will have a conversation potentially with Tim the Tapman, you know, and the platforms to do it, Twitch, Twitter, TikTok, you know, his Discord, you know, playing potentially with him, you know watching him you know, stream live on YouTube gaming. Like there are just so many different ways to engage. And that's why we see creators having and, and, and gaming having such more of an impact for brands because it, it has that two-way conversation and that direct relationship, you know, that that's cr- these creators, these teams, these games have, you know, with this, uh, with this demographic. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's what makes social media so, you know, impactful and magnificent really is you're getting this real meaningful engagement where you're seeing them, you know, eating dinner or, you know, they're getting ready for a show or behind the scenes. Like this is what people live for to see how the other half lives. Yeah. But that behind the scenes kind of content, right. And, you know, look at all these subathons or these streets, you know, these subathons or these, uh, you know, go from rookie to predator and apex and stream for, you know, 30 straight days or however long it takes you to do that. You know, there's a subathon. I think we saw it's Timmy did, you know, where he was like 30 plus days and he was sleeping and people are still tuning in. You know, there's, you just don't get that. That's like the main, you know, I was trying to explain to people um, and, and brand marketers all the time. They're like, he did what she did. What? Like, that's a thing. Like people watch that. Like, absolutely. You know, they're talking about it, they're watching it, they're engaging, uh, and they and it it's can't miss entertainment. And you know, if your brand's not part of that conversation or in that conversation, then you're losing out on, on a very valuable opportunity. And you know, in that light, I use the example of you know Nick Merckx's first workout stream. He had sixty thousand people yeah. watching him. Like we're we're not talking about like him in like you know shirtless at a in a hot tub. We're talking about him in a hoodie and shorts, just shrugging weights, uh-huh. and every once in a while going to the computer. Sixty thousand people. That's stadium full of yeah. people, and it's not yeah. bots because you look at the chat and it's going a mile a minute. It's just. That to me just is a perfect example of what you're mentioning. That it's like these are kind of cultural phenomenons where at two o'clock on Fridays you're tuning in to see what Nick Merckx is doing. Yeah. Well, I think you bring up a good point too. Uh, you know, when I when I mentioned earlier, like gaming is driving culture. It's not just gaming content. And this is another thing we ex- you know we really try to you know explain to our brands, and we've had a lot of success with this with Chipotle. You know, over the last few years since I've joined is recognizing that gaming is beyond just watching and playing games and gamers are real people and talk to them like real people because that's what they are and they're cultural drivers whether on a micro or macro level and you know if you look at the rise of gaming adjacent content you know the nick Merckx example working out the stuff that otk does these pro programmed you know game shows you know i you know those are entertainment. Is that gaming? No, but those are gaming personalities happening on platforms that are, in, you know, endemic to gaming like Twitch or YouTube gaming and others. And ga- you know, the gaming community loves this content, and that's why you see like platform like Just Chatting being the fastest growing platform on on Twitch. You know, or you see Twitch using you know some of their you know top talent to co-stream games that Amazon gets rights to, like Thursday Night Football. Like, there's a reason for that, and you know. Game, you have to look at gaming as a as a brand as an opportunity 
you just don't look at as watching or playing games. It, it's so much more than that, and that's where really the value comes in. And we're and we're seeing that, and over the last you know twelve to sixteen months, uh, really you know prove it, prove out uh, as we've seen these this gaming adjacent content you know really blow up. Absolutely, I think that that's why you can even see a lot of you know celebrities, musicians, traditional athletes being able to you know incorporate because it's the gaming that they also have the in real life. Ask me anything, and it just opens yeah. up you know what they can do. So how does it usually work with a client? How do you kind of evaluate the best course of action? How do you help actually inexperienced ones kind of activate in the space? You know, from our perspective, we have a very phased and turnkey approach to working with brands. Uh, We've got a new client that uh, was pretty savvy in the gaming space already and came to us and she, you know, avid gamer herself. And, you know, we, we outlined the process, you know, almost like a three phase approach and, and, you know, because at the end of the day, our job, my job is to make our clients look like rock stars and achieve their goals and objectives, sell more product, you know, get more market share, like engage this, this, the gaming community to do that. And and we feel strongly that they're able to do that. But, you know, we outline a process and it starts with what are your goals and objectives? What is your core demographic using data and insights, both internally and with the client to identify opportunities to craft a strategy for that, for that brand, you know, to be in the right place you know, based on what their goals and objectives are, right? And so it's, you know, we work with YouGov and, you know, if someone's like, hey, we want to reach an 18 to 24 year old male who, you know, eats at QSRs, you know, and does this and does that, is interested in this, like what game, what genre of game, like what creators, like we can pull all that insights out. We mix that in with our own insights in terms of our expertise within the industry. And, you know, with the brand insights, you know, that they have, and, you know, we were able to craft strategy. And then, you know, once we get the, yeah, this makes sense and the internal buy-in, then we're able to go in and, you know, execute that strategy and activate it on behalf of the brands. So what's like been the biggest surprise that you've noticed that you started to work with brands, you know, bring them to the space? Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's, you know, every day, I think, I think brands are amazed by, how quickly this space moves, especially when it comes to partnerships they have maybe in other spaces. And I get it, right? I've worked with the, you know, within the NFL ecosystem. I've worked within, you know, early on when the UFC and MMA was really blowing up and helping Pepsi get into that, you know, things just move so fast in gaming and those trends move fast. And I think, you know, brands, we always talk about brands like staying nimble and being able to take advantage of those opportunities that can become present in moments were we weren't aware of and how do we you know setting up a process to evaluate does this make sense do we have budget do we need budget like you know brands are always amazed at you know the speed of which gaming in the gaming community moves because guess what it moves at the speed of culture and so you you know there are brands that are going to be successful that can move at the speed of culture to take advantage of these big moments Definitely. I think that's one thing I noticed coming from, you know, the more traditional entertainment spaces where I thought, you know, music business 24 seven esports is like 28, nine. Like it's <laughs> like you could be doing a deal and halfway through the streamer says something and the deal wasn't happening anymore. Well, you know, we've been there and I, I think that, you know, that's where agencies and folks like myself and I've got Tony UN on my team as well. Tony's absolute rock star in the industry. Like just we're, we're not tourists within this industry. You know, we're not, we're, we're in the community. We're playing games. We're watching games, you know, we're watching content and, you know, we're, we're doing things and recommending things that make sense for a brand, but we're also using our filter to make sure that we're going to do our best to make sure you're not partnered with people who may be doing things that uh, wouldn't align with brand. And, you know, I think that's really important as well, uh, you know, because, you know, but that's the same thing in traditional sports. I mean, I was, again, within the NFL when the Ray Rice incident happened and then, and, you know, that was a really challenging one to navigate. So it's not my first rodeo and, and but this space operates and moves a lot differently. And because the live stream nature of it, you know, you may got to make sure you're aligning yourself with the right partners, right organizations, you know, right publishers that, you know, really align with your brand and, and how you view business and how you approach the space. Definitely. I think that's some great advice for everyone out there is you have to understand how quickly all this moves and you have to be able to react to it because, you know, a game like Among Us or, you know, Fallout Guys might be amazing and you're building a whole strategy and three minutes later, it doesn't matter. You know, three months later, by the time you get the budget or the, the deliverables approved, nobody cares. 
Yeah, and I think another thing to keep in mind that I always get surprised about is the buzz around the metaverse right now and how every brand marketer is like, we need to be in the metaverse and trying to explain to them that they're this, you know, it's like esports, the word esports in 2016. Every brand wants to be in esports. Every brand wants to be in esports, not understanding the difference between esports and gaming, you know, and again, not every brand should be in the metaverse and what's your metaverse strategy long term and and what and what metaverse platform should you be in because they're all different and how you activate within each platform and what you can do in Minecraft, Roblox, Fortnite Creative are all different. But guess what? Grand Theft Auto Online is it's a meta, it's a metaverse. World of Warcraft's a metaverse. Metaverse NBA 2K existed. that I've been playing yes. forever. Yeah, you're too, you know, 2K has its own metaverse. Like all these metaverse is just a buzzword for brands over the last few years, you know, last year. And trying to explain to them that you may not need to be in it. You know, let's talk about your goals and objectives and what's your long-term strategy? Is your strategy to get a buzzy PR article? That's not that may work for a 2 to 3 day cycle of PR. You know, in the media and getting that, you know, that article that everyone is craving right now, but that's not going to move your business long term. That's not going to move. That's not going to create a get a connection with you and, and the gaming community. So let's think about that. You know, let, let's think about how we achieve both. And that and that happens with some really thought out strategy and I'm trying to explain to them that, yeah, you need to move fast in some situations like the Among Us or the uh, the fall guy situation you know but that's different than coming into the space and creating an ownable opportunity you know within a platform like the metaverse uh, or, or web3 or, or anything within gaming you know you have to have a strategy uh, that looks at this as a long-term opportunity to engage your current and future consumer and that's really key and explaining that to them and and what needs to go into that sometimes i think is is eye-opening that you know, they they're like, oh wow, okay, that makes sense. How do we do it? Like, how do we get into this? Like, how do we really engage and do something impactful within this, you know, with this community? Hundred percent. It's like you don't just need to open up a digital Chipotle where people can order burritos. That's not necessary. That's not probably the way to do it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, I think that's a great call out. Um. So you know, kind of working when influencers. How does that usually work on marketing campaigns? Is there a minimum level of metrics that you look for? Is there social media platforms that maybe brands prefer over others? You know, again, I think it's brands and and how brands, you know, their golden objectives and how they value one platform versus another and how they're going to activate is really important to understand. Each client is different. Each brand is different. You know, I think at the end of the day, you know, scale is influence. Engagement, engagement, scale is great, but you also need to have engagement, you know. That's really important to us uh, because that engagement shows that people are actually – that what you're doing is really resonating with them, whether it's on Twitter or TikTok or wherever. Like you look at someone like Carl Jacobs who we recently launched his own Pollo Asado burrito. Uh, Pollo Asado um, was a new uh, chicken um, – you know, protein that came out first new chicken in over 20 years for Chipotle. And, you know, we were like, how are we going to launch this with Gen Z in a big way? And, and Carl being, you know, one of the biggest voices and celebrities within Gen Z, you know, he's a, and he's an avid Chipotle fan, loves it, eats it three, four times a week and, you know, launching, using him as the platform to launch it. And we've got some really exciting things planned over the next couple of weeks with Carl to kind of close out Pollo Asado and go out in a really big way. You know, I, I, so I think that, you know, Every brand is different, you know, budget's different, but really the things that we love to look for are engagement and, and are these, you know, are these creators driving culture, you know, and, and of course seeing the insights, the metrics to back that up. And, you know, if you're an aspiring creator or a current creator or representing creators out there or teams, make sure you invest in actually having the data that shows that you know, why brands should invest with you. Because a lot of times we get these superficial numbers like, you know, XYZ creator, XYZ team, you know, has a bajillion minutes, you know, watched every month, you know, but that may be drive be driven by one or two creators. And those creators may not be creators that align with our brand. And so, you know, I think that, you know, having, to, you have to be smart about how you approach this space because there's, it's, it's unfortunate, but there's just some snake oil that goes on and you know i'm being transparent like that's the value that we bring in you know to to brands that we work with like you know we're going to cut through that the the bullshit we're going to cut through the clutter and ask the right questions so we can make sure that you know whether you're working with creators or whoever that you're asking you're asking the right questions you're getting the right value you're negotiating strong deals and on the creator front you know you need to be providing data you know and insights and recaps and metrics that are in line with the investment you know and and you above and beyond, you know, to try to really create a meaningful partnership and show why you're a great, you know, opportunity for brands to partner with. And I think that really falls flat sometimes in this space. Uh, and I think it's for a variety of reasons, you know, it's a newer space, uh, you know, 
varying levels of experience in right, terms a lot of, of people uh, at the top. It's like this is their first rodeo. First rodeo, man. That's why I went to the team side. That's why I went from WME, you know, Endeavor working on T-Mobile to the team side because I was dealing with people on the team side, and I was like, wow, like if these they actually understood how to position things or understood how to use this data that they have or actually had the data, then they would make a, you know, uh, make, it would be incredible. And I think that's what you saw when we had, you know, those victories at Dignitas in a team that maybe didn't have the same scale, but was getting these deals with brands like Verizon. Like why? Well, that's why. Because you understood how to engage with them and you weren't kind of giving these fluff numbers that, you know, it's beyond that. And, you know, we had a guest recently from YouGov who, you know, kind of talked a little about some of the data that you mentioned and kind of how you can use it. And I think that's probably one of the biggest, you know, things everyone out there needs to understand is it's great that you have a rate, but you need to be able to provide this data, whether it's, you know, last 30 days, 60 days, six months, a year, you have to prove that you can sustain what you're selling on. And that's where these numbers, because numbers don't lie. Yeah. Ask for the numbers, understand what the numbers are. You know, we get a lot of uh, teams that reach out to us and like, we can give you a, you know, a billion impressions a, a month. And a lot of, you know, 95% of those impressions are being driven by Twitch rotating logos. What's the value of that? What's the value of that for a brand? What's the engagement on that? Who cares? Right. It's like, if there's 10 logos there and you're displayed for two seconds, no one's going to exactly. see it. Exactly. Exactly. So you know, I think that is an area where we're always pushing to be smarter with and, and our brands are our, our clients are always set up for success there because we know, you know, we've been there. We've been on both sides. Tony and I have been on both sides, you know, and, and we recognize, uh, you know, when we see that number can break that number down, you know, and most people don't like to do that. But that's, again, so, you know, that's the value that agencies should be bringing to the space. And if you're not able to do that, you know, there's a lot of agencies that are saying, Hey, we're, we're in gaming or we have gaming opportunities, but they don't have people with the same level of expertise or experience. And, you know, that's why I'm really bullish on, on us continuing to win as an agency revolution, rev XP, what we bring to the table is seconds and none in the space. You know, I'll put our, our creds up and what we've done in the space, you know, versus anyone. And, you know, we will, we will definitely shine uh, at the top because uh, nobody can tell done what we've done. Well, yeah, I'm definitely a fan of you and what you guys are working on. So I really appreciate, you know, all that you've kind of helped with. So I know you kind of worked in the sports marketing world and you know, now you're in the esports world. So what are some differences you've noticed between the two? Yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of times brands are like, how do we, you know, I think esports is really interesting for brands because it presents similar pathways in as traditional sports and brands can understand that and digest that like brand marketers you know, probably tend to be a little bit more on the conservative side. And, you know, it's like, hey, I, I, I get sponsoring an esports team like Dignitas or sponsoring the LCS, right? Because I get it. I sponsor the NFL and I sponsor the New York Giants. I understand it. So they can digest it, you know, but I think that, you know, in terms of differences, you know, obviously a lot of parallels between gaming, and, uh, between esports and, um, you know, traditional sports, obviously there's a ton of nuances, right? Like a team may only play in one game in traditional sports, ball and stick, but they may have 30 different games like we talked about earlier and all those different, you know, communities that they have access to is in terms of an esports team and the media that they're able to push out and creators and all these different vehicles and platforms like Discord that they're able to engage for a brand on, you know, so there are a lot of nuances. There are some similarities, you know, I think that things that, you know, surprising to me, I mean, at this point I haven't been surprised when I, when I was first got into the space, you know, I think that surprising in terms of how teams position or try to sell themselves and the numbers they were throwing out. But I think the space has done a lot, got a lot smarter. You know, but I think the thing that branch, you know, how much more innovative opportunities are within gaming, um, because you know, I think the NBA does a fantastic job in terms of innovating. You know, you see it with uh, Top Shot or what they do at the 2K League. You know, but I think some of the other leagues may have struggled in terms of innovation and moving at the speed of culture and adjusting to what. Or, and how the younger demographic consumes content. And I think that's where gaming really, really succeeds. Uh, and I think that's what's been surprising to see um, the lack of speed in terms of innovation from traditional ball and stick uh, and the, the amount of opportunity uh, and innovation that you've seen across uh, the gaming space. Absolutely. I think that's why you see it kind of making such headway in this kind of the conversation in all of these, you know, brand and investor kind of places is, how do we get involved in this? This is kind of where the direction of everything is heading, even if it's at the intersection of entertainment and esports, music and esports, traditional sports and sports. It's, you know, there's just a lot of merging of all of these cultures. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, gaming drives culture. And I think, you know, that is something that, you know, we beat that drum nonstop at the agency. Yeah, gaming drives culture. And because it's true, right? There's that kind of funny, like, you know, Adam right now, like, like nerd culture is cool, you know, and, and you know, you geek see, chic, the, we call it, right? Yeah, geek chic, like, you know, the, the success of Arcane, the success of Queen's Gambit, you know, on, on Netflix, the Netflix effect of driving chess on platforms like, you know, Twitch and, you know, the rise of the Botez, you know, sisters, you know, I think that there's this cultural effect that is happening, you know, geek chic, you know, it's just gaming that you know long are the are gone of the days of the stigma of what a gamer is right and we all know that stigma of what brands think gamers are sitting in their basement chugging energy drinks you know playing yeah the south park episode yeah that's not it and if you look at gamers like that and the gaming community like that then you're so far behind as a brand i mean the data that we have about gamers being in the gaming community being trendsetters cultural drivers you know focused on success innovative uh Early adapters is why brands need to really take, you know, take a strong look at how they, you know, enter the space and how they have a long-term strategy to succeed within it. Absolutely. So are there any new areas or trends that brands might be looking to activate in or that they should be aware of? Uh, In terms of, you know, I think that, you know, we always identify, you know, we're always talking about and brands always ask us, like, what's the next hot game? And, you know... Anyone who tells you the next hot game or the next hot gaming franchise, like, I don't know. I always question that. So, you know, you know the hot franchises, the AAA titles from the big publishers, right? You know the Call of Duties, the Halos, you know, the opportunities to take advantage of that. Starfield the next year with Bethesda. You know, you know these big games that are probably going to hit. But there's also this challenges potentially, like, when you know, when something falls flat, you know, unfortunately, like Cyberpunk. And, you know, so there, you know, or, or things like, you know, Among Us or, or Fall Guys that come or out of nowhere. Here. Yeah, or Splitgate, right? It's like, you know, these great opportunities that, you know, so I always shy away from the game, specific game. What I look for is is trends within the larger ecosystem. So what are some trends that we're looking at and, and always trying to position our clients at the forefront of? Because that's the goal, right? Be there first. Drive innovation, disrupt. You know, so the rise of gaming adjacent content, which we talked about earlier, something that we did with Chipotle with our partnership with OTK. It really is really part of a strong, you know, narrative around our hundredth use partnership for them with Tim the Tatman as well. You know, I think other areas of opportunity, um, mobile gaming, the rise of mobile gaming, you know, the, the better, the, the, you know, the more the Verizons and T-Mobiles and AT&Ts push out really solid 5G connections, uh, the opportunity to game anywhere, the better devices get, you know, Samsung, iPhone devices and, and so on, the more opportunity you can have a really solid gaming experience, cloud gaming, mobile gaming. You know, you see NVIDIA with GeForce Now. Uh, can't afford a 3080, uh, you know, but you could pay for, you know, through through cloud gaming. I think that, you know, mobile and cloud gaming, they're different, but they're also really dependent on technology and technology through connection and the hardware. And so those are areas that we're really seeing uh, as an opportunity for future because there's so many people that game on mobile, both casual, mid and hardcore, and uh, got to keep an eye on it. Definitely. I'm definitely bullish on mobile. And then, uh, of course, the metaverse, you know, and I think a lot of brands, again, play the brand marketing bingo with the metaverse and feel like they have to be in it. But it's not for every brand and it shouldn't be just like gaming or or esports may not, you know, just like esports may not be for every brand. Again, it depends on your goals and objectives and how do you enter the metaverse and what platform is right for you. You know, who you're going to reach on Roblox is different than Fortnite Creative is different than Minecraft and how you pursue those spaces. So we always are thinking about, you know, should it, what's the brand's gaming strategy and does the metaverse or esports fit into that? You know, does mobile fit into that? And I think the last thing that, you know, we've really, fig, you know, tried to figure out is like, you know, Web3. Right. And, you know, there's these Web 2 games and, and Web 3. And again, like, you know, you see brands like Adidas or like someone like Snoop Dogg pop up on Sandbox, you know, the rise of NFTs. And, you know, we've really, and especially Tony on my team has done a really good job in keeping us at the forefront of, of that space and understanding the opportunities. And how do you, how do you take IP you know, an NFT IP or what, you know, what, how do you create utility if you're a brand that wants to be in that space? And, you know, what are the opportunities really long-term uh, for a brand to enter Web3 uh, in, in a really impactful way? And because there's a lot of synergies in terms of gaming and, and you've also understanding what's going to make a brand successful within entering that space. 
you know, and, and what what is that demographic? Who are those early adapters and, and what resonates with them, right? Like they're rebelling against the norm. It's decentralized. And so coming in with the status quo activation that you may have done in gaming or somewhere else may not make sense, you know, because that's not why they're there. And so how do you, you know, add value again to their experience, but also be part of the community as a brand. Um, don't just buy land in the sandbox because you see everybody else doing it. Like why, why? Like what is the reason? Right. And I think that Super Bowl commercial was the perfect example of it. You just had a QR code just bouncing on the screen. The most yeah. expensive airtime in the history of mankind. Yeah, that's a really interesting one. There's a lot of there's a that's like a really interesting other double edged sword as a marketer because it's like, is it that easy to just put a QR code on the screen? But then it's like I don't know, that's that's a that's a whole other conversation, you know, and, and how many people are like essentially how many brand marketers on Monday or Tuesday after they recovered from their Super Bowl hangover are like, What's our QR code? Like it's such a copycat industry, you know, it's like, who cares about what's your QR code? What's that was specific and unique to what they did. Like forget the QR code. What's your, you know, how do we do something cool for your brand that's impactful? Exactly. So what kind of advice do you have for anyone trying to work in the esports and gaming business? Well, I think the first thing is, and I get this a lot, and I'm always happy to help and reach out to, you know, have conversations with people, especially on like, you know, a lot of people hit me up on LinkedIn. I do a ton of like, you know, career and sports stuff. I've been doing it for 20 years. And I think a lot of, even when I interview people or people reach out to me and they're like, oh my God, you know, I'm, I'm so passionate about esports and I'm so, you know, I want to do this. And that's fantastic. You know, that is, that is amazing. But you know, what I always like to say when I worked in sports and when I worked in, in this space now is this is a business. And so I don't care if you're plat in League of Legends. Do you understand how to work with brands? Are you hungry? Are you mature? Do you understand that this is a business? And specifically what we do on the partnership side and the brand marketing side is you know, is different. Do you want to work on the brand marketing partnership side? Then I'm happy to give you some advice, but I'm probably not the best person to give you advice about working in team ops. Is that what you want to do? Do you understand the opportunities? And what are you doing right now to set yourself apart from the millions of other people's, people that want to do that same thing, which is the same, same advice I used to give people when I worked within the NFL ecosystem. You know, Everyone wants to be an agent right back then. You know, Everyone wants to represent players. Right? It's like, what are you doing now? How are you going to cut through the clutter? Right? It's, you know, so you know, I, I, in, what I do in my role, you know, when I interview people and they're like, oh, you know, we want to we, – you know, we, We've got amazing experience and we're so – we love esports and we play, you know, cool. Do you understand that this is a business and how are you going to add to our business and specifically what we do? And I think that's really important. Get the experience, especially if you're in college now, intern now because you don't want to work for free ever. But at least you have the opportunity potentially to volunteer some time and maybe get paid for an internship. But do it now while you have the flexibility to learn. That way when you come out of college – you're not behind those that are really taking advantage of the opportunities uh, that present themselves because there's a ton of opportunities, you know, to really learn hands on and get that experience and set yourself apart. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the things about these like entertainment and sports worlds is, you know, we're essentially is, you know, an intern, we're teaching you how to do this stuff. You can't learn this stuff really. It's not like you can learn it from books and, you know, as someone who teaches this kind of stuff, like you can't read a book and understand how to talk to a rapper or a professional gamer or an NFL player. It's just a certain thing you pick up from doing it and experiencing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I th- and I think that's where, you know, we've been able to just- the experience that I have and working with you know NFL players for so long or UFC fighters for so long and, you know, you know, had to be adjusted for working within this space. Uh, and, you know, working with just transitioning a lot of the stuff that I was successful with or learned as a, you know, as a brand marketer early, you know, in, in traditional sports, some of it applied, some of it didn't, and, and that's okay. And how do you adjust and have the conversations with people? I had some really good conversations and great network, you know, when I started in the space and, you know, pay it forward. Um, but also, you know, I like to be transparent as well because I don't, you know, I don't, I hear like these horror stories where, you know, we had a guy we recently hired, and he was um, he was telling me that he was interning for someone working like 50 hours a week to try to sell some pretty much BS influencer group. And I was like, first off, that's not the right experience you want. Second, why are that you're spending all this time and you're only going to get paid commission and and you're never going to sell that and. You know, it's like they're just they're taking advantage of you, and so trying, you know, really just trying to support you know people so that they understand, um, you know, within this space, there's some 
again, going back to earlier conversation, there's some snake oil that's happening and don't don't put yourself in the position to to have to do that and, and get really meaningful experience that is gonna help you transition for the future. Exactly. You know, you have to do your due diligence, you know, as you mentioned with the data and just on who you're working with to understand that, you know, if you're working for, you know, 100 thieves as a student intern, it's different than working for, you know, a tier four org that was just started by someone random. Yep. Yep. All the time, man. All the time. Mm -hmm. We've had some fun. uh, We've had some fun stuff pop up over the last couple of months. There's been some interesting, you know, there was one guy we saw that was running Magic the Gathering tournaments. uh, One of our clients saying one of our clients was sponsoring it and they weren't and, you know, having to attack that to make sure that, you know, there there is self. It's like there's so much shadiness that could happen if you're if you're just not, if you're just not in the know and it's unfortunate. And, you know, again, that's, I think one of the things that we're able to really help, you know, brands like cut through and we're, and because of our relationships, you know, we were able to really get, you know, get to that and, and, and nip that one in the bud quickly. But, you know, I'm sure that there were some people working there for free or trying to gain intern experience that had no idea of who they were working with or for. 100%. So, you know, on the converse side, so what's your favorite part about working in the esports and gaming space? Oh man, I, I love like the, you know, the community aspect of it. You know, we say that a lot on, on what we try to do within strategy for our clients, but I really do love the community aspect of it. You know, I love when we used to get out to events, there was a group of us, you know, within the industry that love craft beer. You know, we'd always meet in the hotel lobby at E3 afterwards and, and have some great craft beers or go to breweries. And, you know, I love, um, yeah, I love the opportunity to engage community. Like, you know, last night, you know, a few of us from, um, from Rev were, were playing Apex Legends, you know, because, you know, we're working with Apex and EA right now on Triple A Challenger Series. And so, you know, again, we're not just tourists within the space. When we did the Carl Jacobs program, I spent way too much time playing Minecraft with a bunch of buddies and within the industry and out. And it's like, you know, that community aspect of play, social play, gathering, I think is, is you know, is second to none. I really enjoy enjoy that. And the other thing I really enjoy is being able to think big and outside the box and try to innovate and, and, and do things beyond you know, what I've done in the past with, you know, some prior partnerships and, and always, you know, working, trying to think big to continue to disrupt and innovate across the industry. And, you know, there's been some really cool stuff that I've had the chance to work on. And I'm looking forward to continuing those conversations and, and going even bigger in the future. Amazing. So, you know, kind of bring it all together. You know, what's the future for you and, you know, the agency? You know, for us, the future for, for me and, and the agency, obviously Revolution, we're going to continue to grow, you know, RevXP and, you know, bring in clients. We've got a lot. We're we've got a lot of brands that we're working with now. Uh, we're working on some really exciting projects. Uh, we're always innovating. We're always looking for solutions. I mean, we're having conversations with properties around our our measurement. You know, esports teams. You know, tournaments organizers. But like, you know, we have a second to none measurement division where you know we're hey, are you thinking about measurement? How are you thinking about measurement? You know, here's what we do, here's what we've done with the NBA and TNT on the NBA playoffs, and here's how we could apply that because Chris and Tony understand the gaming space to apply that so you could sell both up and down cycle and work with renewal. So we're, we have so much going on and so much that we can offer our creative team, you know, like, you know, we've shooting and, and concepting Tim, the Tatman commercials, like, you know, the Carl, uh, the, the recent Carl Jacobs had Tony and I had the opportunity to write that, you know, and, and work with, you know, our, one of our partners to go out and film it. So we do so much. And so it's, how do we do all these great services that we do at revolution and become a turnkey solution for brands to be in gaming and make an impact to achieve their goals and objectives. And so continuing to grow that and really to create the best in class, you know, agency, you know, for brands looking to be within this space and unlock the incredible, incredible potential. And I think that our experience is what separates us. And, you know, we're always pushing out content. We do the, you know, the monthly RevXP talk series that we share on our LinkedIn, you know, and we're always pushing out thought leadership and love doing stuff like this, but, you know, always trying to separate ourselves uh, from the pretenders and from the tourists and and really, you know, engage brands and and try to set them up for success. Because at the end of the day, when a brand wins, when our clients win is when we win. Amazing. So, you know, I like to end each episode with my three questions. So, you know, what's your favorite game to watch? My favorite game to watch, I love watching uh, Borderlands content. Um, I'm just, I, I like Borderlands. I like the story around it. I've been watching a lot of Tiny Tina right now. Uh, Tiny T- there's uh, Moxie uh, and Killer Six, you know, Epic, are some, you know, Jolt's dude, great Borderlands creators out there. Um, 
you know, so we've actually we had a cool thing. We worked with Moxie on the launch of Chipotle's brisket um, last year, and he actually named one of his uh, his builds in Borderlands Three the uh, the brisket the brisket shotgun build. It was really cool. It's fun. It was fun to see that. And he's like one of the bigger creators and, and really creative in terms of what he does. You know, he was just featured. Twitch just featured him on a on a billboard, I believe, in Times Square. So that was that was fun. I love that kind of content. Uh, what else? Um, what's the next question? So, what's your favorite game to play? Man. Again, Tiny Tina, I've been playing a lot of that, you know, but there's some other games out there that I, I love that are kind of under the radar. I was playing a ton of Vampire Survivors. Uh, if, if people have been, Asmogol was playing a ton of that, getting like 150,000 people to play this like super retro old school game. So <laughs> Vampire Survivors has been really fun. Um, but again, the Borderlands franchise is really, f- is great for me. I, uh, some other games that I've been playing, um, I, my son who's three, we've been getting into F1 cause our client over at Rev is a McLaren's F1 team. We do some stuff with them and they've been fantastic. So that's got me into, into it and my son. So my son and I were, uh, racing on F1 21 uh, the other day, our friends at Logitech sent us a race wheel. And so uh, I posted that on my Twitter. And so just sharing those, he, he loves playing games. So also it's whatever he's playing on his tablet. Um, he's, I, he's really starting to get into games. Mario Kart is one that him and I play a lot of. Um, so, you know, you know, it depends on who I'm playing with my, him and my wife, uh, more casual, but yeah, man, we're, we're playing games a lot in our household. So who's your favorite video game character? Favorite video game character. Hmm. That's an interesting one, man. I, that's one I've never, you know, I've never, I've never thought like, oh man, who's my favorite, who's my favorite character, you know, maybe little Mario Kart, you know, well, you know, maybe I would say this, maybe little Mac. I have a soft place in my heart for Mike Tyson's punch out. I've got, I still play it on my phone. Um, for copyright reasons, I won't say how I play it on my phone, given that you're a lawyer and I know you said no legal advice before this, but man, trying to, uh, still play a lot of you know and still have a lot of heart for for little mac and try to get him you know to to defeat mike tyson which i haven't been able to do ever um you know uh without cheat codes but um i think i think that's um you know that's one that uh i don't know if i'll ever go away from awesome so you know thank you so much for joining us this was extremely insightful where can everyone connect with you and check out the agency yeah, so uh, on Twitter, uh, uh, you could follow me, Manimal NJ, uh, you know, M A N N I M A L N J for the great state of New Jersey. And then, of course, uh, you can follow, find me on, on LinkedIn, Christopher Mann. Um, Revolution's on there. Um, little little R Big E uh, in terms of our, our Twitter. Uh, so, um, but yeah, connect with me. Happy to, you know, have, you know, share some more insights. And if anyone's looking to learn more about getting into the space, I'm happy to be a resource. And, um, you know, I appreciate you having me on and, and the time and happy to see you being successful. I know we met a few years ago and, uh, you know, I'm happy to see everything that you've done. Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, I appreciate everybody for tuning in. You know, this was episode 99. So after this, we'll finally be at episode 100, which is quite a milestone indeed. So, you know, well, who are you going to have on for 100, man? Ooh, it's a surprise. Let's just say he's the former NFL player who's involved in the gaming space. But you'll right. have to tune in for that. There's a lot of them. Is it big? Is it? I'm not going to make, you know, maybe it's Boston Scott who just signed with Dignitas on their Rocket League team. Hopefully I didn't give it away. Who knows? <laughs> maybe it's a million other NFL players are in the space. I'm excited hey. to listen. Exactly. So, you know, everyone make sure to follow me on Twitter, Justin J E S Q and check Apple podcasts for all our past episodes and get ready for episode 100. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why, what do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.